Hello, and thank you for listening to this Fun Board Council podcast. This is a 15-minute excerpt of our longer podcasts, and the full podcasts are available exclusively to Fun Board Council members via their member portal. If you like what you hear and you'd like to find out more about membership, please do contact us via our website at funboards.org. In the meantime, happy listening. Hello and good morning and welcome, yes, yet to another FBC Zoom call, otherwise known as the FBC Summer Party that we didn't do last year and we were hoping to do this year, but maybe we will try next year. Uh, You're all very welcome. Let me quickly tell you a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today, and that's about putting the customer into the boardroom. So why are we talking about this now when we've really known about this for several years? And indeed, for those of you, and I know there are many of you like this who like to have a quick little read at night of the FCA's uh, PS18-8 document or the CP1718 or the FG, whatever it is, where we've been talking about the primacy of the role of the client or the primacy of the importance of the um, client. Well, not least of all, as you'll note from the panel, we will just Uh, take you to, they're very busy and important people and it's taken us a heck of a long time to get them together. So that's one of the problems. But the other one is, um, the more more serious point is the recent prod review that the regulator did where there was much discussion in there about the quality of the MI or the management Mm -hmm. information around distribution and around the consumer information. So this felt like a very good time to bring experts, to bring the practitioners, the boardroom specialists, um, who are going to talk to us about putting the um, customer in the boardroom and indeed exploring some of the best practices around uh, some of these teams. David's gonna chair this meeting. David, as many of you know, uh, has been an FBC member from the off. He's worked in the industry for coming on 40 years. He wears that very lightly, I have to say, but that I think might have something to do with his his mindfulness, uh, he does a lot of that sort of stuff, uh, which he might weave into the discussion. Um, But more importantly, he sits on multiple boards, has a lot of interest in this topic, uh, and more more than all of that is part of FBC's board as well. So um, I'm gonna hand off to David shortly, but just to give you a sense of how we're gonna play this, David and and our expert panel are going to have a conversation for about uh, 40 minutes or thereabouts. I, I, I will then come back in and uh, we will at that point in time take lots of questions from you and I hope you will put them in the Q&A box. Please don't put them in the chat. I'm not gonna be able to manage to look at both of them. Um, and uh, we will hopefully finish on the hour because someone has to go to France quickly. So <laughs> David, over to you. Sure, thank you very much and good morning everybody. And I'm absolutely delighted to introduce you to our two outstanding uh, panelists, um, Henrietta Jowett and Anne Roughhead. Um, Henrietta is deputy director of the uh, CBI and an INED on the Franklin Templeton uh, Fund Management Board. And she brings more than 30 years experience in global leadership roles in both financial services and fast moving goods, which hopefully will give a good perspective to this discussion. And likewise, um, Anne has over 30 years experience at senior management level um, in banking, in wealth management, um, in asset management and insurance too, and sits on a variety of boards, including the Columbia Threadneedle Investment Board. 
So let's crack on. Um, to set the scene um, for this important subject, let me just put um, the, a question to you about the challenges that we face in being clear about who the customer actually is, you know, when we're talking about that customer voice. So when we're, when we're, when we're talking about getting the customer perspective into the boardroom, who do we actually mean? Could I start by asking you, Henrietta? Yes, of course. It's a great question um, because, of course, um, it depends on what part of the distribution value chain you're looking at as to who the customer is. Um, I always take a bit of a step back and go, um, what do the FCA mean by the customer? And they actually mean the end user. Um, and the end user is the person whose, uh, whose money is actually being invested. That could be you. It could be me. Um, it might be your company's money. Um, but it's it's that is the end user that I think we should think about. But there are multiple customers in um, an intermediated sale. So I think as a financial services industry, we need to be very clear about who we're talking about when we talk about the customer. Because it could be the client, it could be could be a pension fund, it might be the pensioner whose money is being used. So we need to think about that when we're doing it. So I think it's just about being clear about who we're talking about when we're having conversations. Okay, great. And Anne, is that, do you have a similar perspective on that? I do. I mean, for me, it has always been the ultimate client yeah. that we are servicing. Okay. Yeah. And I know for a number of years, the institutional market were going, no, 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 we're the client. Well, actually, you only have your money to invest in whatever you're investing in because pensioners or ICES or, or, or people with money put money with you. So yeah. it's important that, uh, that we look at what, it, what we are doing for that client. However, to get to that client, we have to be cognizant of the fact that there are a number of ways to get to that client. So um, you have a, because it's a complex, complex question, you have institutional cust uh, uh, clients, you also have intermediaries, wholesale, and that intermediary sp space can be anything from um, an IFA that just does ISAs to private bank people. So um, it's a difficult job for the investment world to, to service and make sure that ultimately the man in the street gets, gets what he wants. It's a very difficult job. Okay, it that... It's much more complicated than uh, many other industries because it's so intermediated. But I absolutely agree with you. The end user whose money it is that is being invested, however, however, whatever the route is it goes to be invested, is the person that we should be focusing on to think about what their needs are. Correct. Okay, that's, that's really helpful. And j just for our audience, perhaps to add a, um, a workplace pensions perspective. Um, and, the, and the reason why I say that is because if you look at all these different entities in relation to the customer so you know you've got the fund management boards you've got the master trust boards and then the independent governance committees the reason why that's all relevant here is because once you strip away the regulatory wrappers around those three different entities the core governance that you're left with i.e the fund governance is actually the same and so just to add a perspective on on Henrietta's and Anne's comments about the customer, um, if you look at this from a master trust um, perspective, um, the, the, the master trust board members are actually fiduciaries. And so they are accountable, legally accountable for the customer outcome. So they're legally accountable to the regulator and to the customers themselves. So in a way, and we'll come back to this a bit later, in a way, those board members cannot not know what the customer's needs and attitudes are. So, okay, that, well, that's a, that's a great scene setter. So we've, we've identified the, the different types of customer. 
So having done that, could we talk about your views of what the, the principal challenges are um, for, the, for, for all these boards in actually getting an accurate picture of the requirements of those, those customers? Uh, perhaps Anne, you, you could kick off. I think you've got to go back a couple of years, a number of years to look at, you know, how we, how we used to sell product and it was product. Yep. And it was the sales force of the fund manager going, I've got a great idea, got a fabulous idea. And then marketing, putting it together as a, an intimidation to the customer go, you've got to have one of these, not quite explaining why they needed one. Um, and, and certainly the uh, distributors used to, it was all about brand, it was all about new ideas, you were constantly being asked for new ideas. Uh, nowadays, it's much more about aligning yourself to um, what, what, the what the distributor is looking for. Um, and again, that's that sort of complex, well, you may be looking for it, but is that actually what the client wants? Yeah. So um, it's, it's difficult, and I certainly, uh, at my boards, I, I don't see an awful lot of product being produced in a way that a number of years ago, it was produced you know, on a regular basis, that was all you were doing. So what I'm seeing now is a lot of changing the way we're doing it, making uh, share classes more transparent, uh, aligning it to really taking out that legacy business. And there is an awful lot of legacy business that people are having to, to sort out um, from uh, fees, from um, you know, income, income accumulation shares, do people really want them? So, so that for me is, is really what, what we've got to look at. And we, we have to rely on um, the, the uh, really at the moment, the intermediaries, because the direct books we all have, um, those people have held, the majority of people have held those things for years and years and years. They're not bashing on our door saying, I'd like this and I'd like that. So the intermediary actually is really important. And that could, when I say intermediary, could actually be um, uh, the institutional clients, the the pension clients, the the, um, the 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 companies that invest as well. So, so think, yeah, is that I, your perspective, Henrietta? Because I I, yeah. I would have argued that um, <laughs> that sort of product manufacturer's mindset that Anne referred to is still largely prevalent. I I share that view. I think some people have moved, um, but um, you know taking a step back in terms of sort of manufacturing sort of 1980s manufacturing build it and they will come kind of attitude I think is still very prevalent um, and um, certainly you know when I used to work people like Nestle um, that that used to be the case say in the 1980s um, and then they discovered that obviously they needed to um, think much harder about um, customer behavior um, customer needs and 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 end user needs and behaviors which again might be different um, and they started to become much more sophisticated in terms of taking that insight back into how you then developed and distributed your products and, and what have you. I don't think that is very well embedded in asset management, it's my view. Um, I think some people are doing it quite well, but generally um, the, um, the fund managers are still the sort of the drivers of, of what customers um, are given rather than what they might need. Um, and I think that need, we need a fundamental shift to actually start to stand in the shoes of the end user, really understand their needs, really understand their behaviours, start to track them on a regular basis through your management information, and then start to design your, your, your products and your offer and, and, and all of those things around them. But I do also think actually the assessment of value work that we've been doing over the last couple of years has, as Anne said, forced many businesses to 
frankly sort out the basics and I hope that it will um, so get rid of the shared classes get rid of all the kind of legacy stuff that's kind of floating around in, in sort of loose formation and sort it all out so that it's much kind of much simpler and much easier but once you've done that that's when you then need to start to sort of build build out um, on understanding your your customers um, needs and behaviors and, and start to differentiate the products you've got that um, suit different needs and and become much more sophisticated about how you sub-segment your market as well. Much more sophisticated. But, but to David's point, if we don't sort out this, this product mentality, and it, it is that that is the way, yeah. if you look at if you look at an asset manager, it's got marketing, it's got sales, it's got product. Mm. You know, and that 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 machine, depending on who is 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 more powerful as to who drives the business and 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 occasionally you get the, the fund manager goes but i must run this that's a little bit old-fashioned now if we're not careful the new and esg uh everybody let's go towards esg could turn out exactly the same way because you know when i when i look at asset managers they go what you know what should we do it was solutions based a couple of years ago it's now esg you know and people are talking about tilts and this and that and and if we're not careful the clients again uh, or the customers will not know what to buy mm. um they don't know uh, and, and and i think you know there's been surveys about seven out of seven out of ten customers think that we're all greenwashing so if we're not, if we're not, it's well, many people are. That's the problem. That's the problem. Exactly. Yeah. But if if we we have a chance here to actually do this properly to mm. talk about and and again, it's about engaging a younger audience. Mm. You know, we're always talking in asset management. How can we get a younger audience to invest? Well, this is the younger audience, but this time, could we just go and ask? you know, by focus groups, by, and I don't mean data that that's, you know, or the, you know, papers do, but actually go and ask customers and, and what platforms are seeing and what, what, what intermediaries are seeing as to what that looks yeah. like, rather than taking the, um, is it article eight? Is it article nine? You know, we're going down the tick the box again, and, and that can't be right. Can I just pick up on this um, um, ESG theme? I, I entirely agree with you about how we can get caught up in the in the complexities and the technicality as technicalities of tilts and so on. But taking ESG as a concept, um, what we're seeing on the workplace pensions and savings side of the market, and, and I'd love to get your views on the asset management side, is that possibly for the first time ever, the I the the ideas involved in ESG are actually potentially um, a way of, of getting some real engagement with customers. Yeah, they are. And using that as a basis for building learnings and building data in the way that Google and Amazon do so expertly. So mm -hmm. in other words, we're getting that sense that showing individual customers how their savings are being aligned to their own views and values about the environment could be the key to moving forward with engagement, but also getting much more knowledge and understanding about the customers. We hoped you enjoyed that uh, 15 minute excerpt. If you did and you'd like to find out more about how you can access the full recording uh, or about FBC membership in general, please contact us via our website at funboards.org.